0: Welcome to Style Your Minds, a podcast for women who are ready to choose themselves, become their own permission slip, and create a life and career they're obsessed with. I'm your host, Carol alba best-selling author of Girl Code and more, master life coach, and mentor to women entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with women on the edge of change, and I've worked with hundreds of women around the world to help them curate a gorgeous mind and a fabulous life. Join me each week for empowering conversations and actionable tools you can use right now to design your thoughts, step into your power, and fulfill your potential. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi, guys, and welcome to the show. Many of you know how passionate I am about living a plant-based lifestyle. I've shared a lot about it here on the podcast as well as on Instagram. I've become more and more involved with animal rights activism as well. In fact, tomorrow I'm heading to City Hall with the voters for animal rights to support the foie gras ban in New York City. If you guys don't know the process for producing foie gras, you can Google it. It is seriously disturbing and it breaks my heart that so much animal abuse goes on in the food industry. Tomorrow is going to be a historic day, and I'm so thrilled to be able to be there, to support the band, and to use my platform to spread awareness about animal rights. This past weekend, I decided that I needed to give my passion for living a plant-based lifestyle its own home, so to speak. And I'm thrilled to announce that I have launched my new blog called Glamorously Well. Let's be honest, when we hear the word vegan, we typically don't think of glamour, but that's truly just a stereotype, and I think it is totally possible, in fact, I know it's totally possible, to live a plant-based, cruelty-free, compassionate life in style. Through Glamorously Well, I'll be covering food, fashion, and everything in between. I've got a few blogs up now, like a vegan guide to champagne, my favorite faux fur coats for winter, and my favorite vegan restaurants in New York City, and there is so much more to come. I'm working on so many posts right now, including a cruelty-free beauty guide with my favorite products, my favorite makeup, skincare, meal ideas and recipes, news, and more. I am beyond excited about this, and if you want to check out the blog, you can head to GlamorouslyWell.com, and you can also give me a follow on Instagram at GlamorouslyWell, and I'm going to link everything for you guys in the show notes. With all of that said, I'm thrilled to share today's guest with you. Robbie Lockie is the co-founder of Plant-Based News, one of my absolute favorite resources for vegan news, education, fashion, lifestyle, culture, and more. I discovered Robbie and his work in 2019, and I was instantly drawn to his passion and compassion for animal rights. He is a wealth of knowledge, a force in the vegan community, and an inspiring entrepreneur. After leaving his full time job to run plant based news full time, he is without a doubt creating a revolution. Get ready for a deeply meaningful episode. I know you guys are going to fall in love with him the way that I did. All right, Robbie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today.
1: It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So for my guests who are new to you and all the amazing work that you're doing, can you just give us a brief introduction to who you are and what you do?
1: Absolutely. So, um, I'm the f- co founder and creator of Base News. Um, we're an online news, media, entertainment, and education platform. We've been running for about two and a half years now. And uh, we cover everything to do with the plant based and vegan movement uh, fashion, technology, animal rights, nutrition uh, you name it across our website and all our social media channels.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. The way I remember I found you, I actually found you through my husband, Ryan. He subscribed to your YouTube channel. And you know, you know, my vegan story, my listeners know, kind of been flirting with it for years now. And he came across your channel and then I found your podcast and we both sort of like cross-referenced you at one point. I was like, wait, you know plant-based news. I know (laughs) plant-based news. And then you and I connected on social media, which is one of the beauties of social media. I think being able to connect with awesome people and you know, I love the work you're doing. I've talked about your plant-based news and you on the show before. So I know this is not the first time all of my listeners are hearing from you. Um, can you kind of just walk us through, I, you know, I want to kind of know about your, your plant-based journey. Like what really we'll dig into the, what inspired plant-based news and this empire that you're growing, but Mm -hmm. can you take us back a little bit and just talk about how you first went vegan and what that was like for you?
1: Absolutely. So about six and a half years ago, I was suffering and experiencing a lot of health problems, Um, bloating, pain, skin problems, uh, joint aches, all kinds of stuff. And I saw so many different doctors and no one was able to sort of tell me what was wrong with me. There were some theories that I might have some kind of fibromyalgia or some kind of neurological disorder, but nothing really concrete. Um, I started to sort of look around and try and do some research myself. And I wondered whether it was related to what I was eating And uh, a couple of people recommended that I read books about adrenal fatigue and also um, um, alkaline diets. Um, And so I decided to kind of have a go at um, having a diet that was high in alkaline foods, so lots of greens, vegetables, and things like that. And I did a seven-day juice and vegetable fast, um, and that was five different juices (laughs) every day for seven days. and it was quite an experience. I went to the grocery store and, um, I had piles of fruits and vegetables. Oh, you made them. Sorry. And I made them.
0: Whoa. (laughs) That's like a next, Uh, next level commitment. uh,
1: uh Uh-huh. And, and the checkout lady was like, uh, are you having a party or something? And I was like, no, I'm, uh, doing a juice fast. So uh, (laughs) she laughed and said, okay, well, good luck. Anyway, seven days went in did the juice fast. Um, and I felt amazing. And that, evening, we went to a birthday party uh, at a local pub and I ordered a very large beef burger, juicy, fatty beef burger. And I got halfway through it and I felt so disgusting and so sick. And, and, that, and that was really around that time I started to realize that I didn't really want to eat meat anymore. Um, but I continued eating a bit of meat and milk and cheese. And my health actually improved dramatically as I increased these alkaline foods in my diet, more greens, less meat, dairy. Um, and then I started uh, to watch films on Netflix like Food Inc., uh, Sick and Nearly Dead, um, Forks Over Knives and started really soaking up all this knowledge about nutrition and, and the food that we eat and how it affects our bodies and but also the effect it's having on, on the world around us. Um, and I also then was dis- discovered a film called Earthlings as well, which for me was the final nail in the coffin really. Um, I watched the film, I uh, sat down and I was really shaken by it. If anyone who's watched it will know, it is It's quite a harrowing experience and it completely transformed me and coincidentally um, within hours of watching the film I heard a screech outside uh, the front of my house and I went outside to look what was going on and just down the street further up from my house was um, a people carrier with a bunch of kids in it. And a mum. she was, I went up, rushed over to see what was going on. She was screaming and crying. The children were crying. And I looked back and I saw our next door neighbor's beautiful white Persian cat that was on the floor in on the tarmac in a huge pool of ruby red blood. And uh, I was shocked. I didn't know what to do. I looked down at her. She looked up at me with fear. She was shaking. I picked her up and she sort of was shaking. Her eyes were glazing over. Um, and, you know, people always say, if an animal is suffering, you should um, put it out of its misery. And I just couldn't do it. I just could not do it. And the thoughts and the, and the ideas and the messages from the film, The Earthlings, were kind of echoing around in my mind. Um, and in that moment, I decided, if, you know, if I can't take the life of an, of an animal or another animal, why should I pay someone else to? And that was the moment I decided to speak up for animals and dedicate the rest of my life to educating other people about them and their suffering.
0: Wow, that's that's really wild and I think it does sometimes take those experiences for us on a personal level which is, you know, why a lot of people ask me and I'm sure they ask you like how do I go vegan? How do I do this? It's such a personal journey. And I love that you started slowly. You know, you started to increase the greens and reduce the meat, and you started to just kind of see for yourself how good you felt. I think that's an important thing to share because it is a big change and a big transition for so many people.
1: It is a huge transition for people because you know, 99% of humans on this planet have grown up eating milk um, and eggs and cheese. And it's a part of our culture and it's part of who we are. um, And uh, people are afraid to stop that culture. They're afraid of change because they're worried that it will mean they will have to change their relationships with the people around them and their very culture um, from within whatever culture they come from, whether it's Spanish or French or British or whatever. So there's a lot of fear attached to it. And I think... You know, I always just suggest to people make make the steps necessary to bring change if it's just one meat free meal a week um, and start that journey and just you know some meat free meals are better than none in my opinion.
0: I totally agree with you so a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs and you know women and some men who want to make a career out of their passion, like pretty mm. much everybody that that stumbles upon this podcast has a dream, has a passion, has something they're so into, and they want to turn it into their job, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't really like the word job because it kind of feels like something we don't want to do, but you know, they want to turn their passion into a paycheck. They want to do it every Mm -hmm. day and wake up Mm -hmm. with, with excitement. You've done that with plant-based news. Can you talk about like when you knew it was time to make that shift and what that process looked like?
1: So I've been working in the advertising industry for 21 years. Um, and I, absolutely hated it <laughs> I, I, in the beginning when I first started it was like my dream job working in advertising making TV ads and ads for the internet um, most of my work actually was around digital advertising and media so I was building websites and I never quite got into the, the TV ad world but um, I was still in, in this kind of corporate world um, and I would sort of sit at work dreaming about having my own business and having ideas for things and I was always dreaming up ideas all the time and I think this is the main thing is if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to run your own business you know it's all about like spending time thinking about things that you could do uh that that are based around your skills you know if you don't have any skills it might be quite difficult for you to run your own business if you do want to run your own business it's very important to acquire skills you know if you are if you're fully full-bodied and able um you should be able to spend time gathering those skills there are so many free uh tools and academies online uh, on the internet at the moment where you can gather up all this information so whether it's like building websites or doing some graphic design or editing videos no matter who you are what business you run you're going to need to use these tools to be able to promote and uh, market what you do so i would say that's the first thing is that i taught myself this stuff nobody taught me i learned on the go um i didn't go to university i didn't go to college uh well, you didn't. I I, yeah no I-
0: I love myself. that. I, I left college as well. I, lo- I feel like yeah. there's so many connections we have, so many parallels.
1: Massively. And I, just, I, I was so passionate about design and communications, and that's why I obviously got into advertising. But I wanted to create uh, and tell stories, and really that's how I ended up. Previous to plant-based news, I created something called peopleoflondon.com, which was a little bit like um, Humans of New York. And the idea was that was to create short video portraits about incredible people that live in the city. But I had that passion, but I never had the courage and the confidence to take the step. And I kept my corporate job in the corporate world. Um, I'd like to say that it was easy to transition, but it wasn't. You know, I kind of stuck it out because there's the paycheck every day. There's, sorry, every day, there's the monthly paycheck and you have that security So it was really, really challenging. I think what really helped was meeting somebody else. So my uh, business partner, Klaus, and I met three years ago, almost four years ago now, and we just had this shared passion together. And I would say, you know, if you want to start your own business, if it's possible and you have the time and the inclination, ask the universe, (laughs) you could say, for someone to come into your life to to work with, someone who probably complements your skills. If you're the creative, you need a business-minded person. And that's kind of what happened we got together and we had some ideas and we were just, you know, two guys who are passionate about plant-based living and also animal rights. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just, ex- it just expanded from there. We didn't really expect it to grow into the massive platform that it is.
0: That's amazing. I love that you said to ask the universe for a person. I've done that and I believe that it works when you set that intention and also show up, right? You have to kind of go out there oh, and, yeah, find people and go to events or spend time online, you know, using social media what it, with what it's meant to do is be social, right? And connect. Absolutely. Um, but that stuff really does does happen. I think when you are, you know, certain about what you want to do and you, you choose certainty over fear and you lean more towards certainty, even if the fear is still there, it's incredible what shows up for you.
1: Massively. And I think you have to find the courage and the conviction to do it. Without courage and conviction, nothing will move forward. It is the essential ingredient to run your own business and to do your own thing. So if you don't have that courage and conviction, that's what you have to work on first. You have to, and you can acquire that through many different techniques, whether that's meditation or mindfulness, through spiritual practice or prayer, or through, you know, learning um, some kind of sport where you feel stronger and more physically agile within your body and you build that confidence. But I think the number one step as a person is to find that confidence. I got it from my Buddhist practice, and I, in my early 20s, I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. I, I was completely rudderless and directionless. And I started um, a very assiduous British, uh, uh, British <laughs> Buddhist practice, which gave me that courage and that that self belief really to to take that step uh, and to create and to make because before that i i would always have these voices saying you're not smart enough you're not clever enough you're not funny enough you're not this you're not that um and the more i worked on developing that courage and that conviction in who i am as a person the the quicker things happened and the, and the more um i was able to realize my dreams
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm sitting here shaking my head because I completely agree with you on so many levels about the courage piece. And it's just, it's almost like becoming just laser focused, right? And learning how to tune out all that noise around you. And I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of noise. And, you know, especially for you, like it's hard enough to start a business and you have the naysayers and you have the people who maybe don't see the vision. But you've essentially started a business around a very hot button topic. Veganism is very hot. People want to debate it. People have very strong feelings around it. Can you talk us through some of the obstacles and challenges that you faced when you were first launching Plant-Based News?
1: So some of the challenges that we started with was really being able to keep up with a volume of information that was flying at us on a daily basis. Um because the movement is growing and expanding across all sectors whether that's fashion whether that's nutrition whether that's uh, fitness or um, food technology you name it there are companies popping up all over the place uh, and laws changing and then there's the whole vegan movement as well which is uh, v- massively fueled by animal rights activism as well and there's a lot of activity as well so it was really a struggle um, in the beginning we've got a lot of really passionate people around us and that has helped massively is to uh, we've asked for help and i think that is one is another thing to learn is a lot of people are very proud and they're too afraid to ask for help but i think if you're doing something that you really believe in um you will find other people who believe in it with you who have a similar affinity to that thing and it's again not to bring up the universe again but Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you if you really believe in what you're doing you know you have to you have to put that energy out into the universe and 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 ask for those kinds of people to come into your life. And um, I I believe that it does happen. It's about creating that energy around you rather than the energy of, oh, I can't do this. Oh, there's no one around to help me or "oh, poor me. You're creating the energy of abundance where you're like, there is a huge array of possibility out there. And because there's so many humans on this planet, there's there's bound to be someone out there, at least one person who, who could support me and help me grow what I'm doing. Other than that, it was also financial as well. Um, I was working a, a full-time job at the time, so it was a real challenge balancing that. I would work all day till like six, seven o'clock, and then come home at night and work till, all night till like one or two in the morning every day, um, most days to kind of build it, to get the website going, to, to get every, all the tech stuff plugged in. Um, and it was exhausting. I mean, I'm still exhausted. <laughs> Two and a half years later, <laughs> <Still> recovering. <laughs> some might say it's even worse now, but uh, for me, but um, I, I, but I'm doing my best to balance it and, and, and again, trying to practice what I preach and asking for help more and trying to, you know, get people to, to see and believe in what we're trying to achieve and create.
0: What keeps you inspired?
1: Uh, what inspires me and keeps me going are p- other people. Really, seeing other people succeeding, in what they're doing, transforming their lives, their health, their bodies. Um, seeing people improve their relationships with their families, um, going plant-based or going vegan. Um, that's what really inspires me. And then, of course, also you know the animal kingdom. As cheesy as it sounds, you know I just have to spend some time in a field with some cows, or you know sit for twenty minutes, thirty minutes with my beautiful cat Nala and look into her eyes. And um, that gives me the energy I need to to keep going really. Cause you know, we live on this planet with these beings and you know, that's why I get up, I get out of bed every day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. And I think when you make that ethical connection, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about my journey and I, like I said, I get a lot of questions and I'm sure you do as well. Mm. And I really urge people to just educate themselves on what's mm-hmm. going on because I was one of those people that said, I wish I could be vegan, but I can't give up cheese. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I wish I could do this, but I, I just, I don't know. I'm, it's just too much of a hassle. Mm-hmm. But when you realize what's going on, and like you said, you realize the beauty of these animals, and just you tap into that compassionate side of yourself. I think once you're there, you you can't go backwards. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you start to view animals as like babies and children mm-hmm. and, and humans, people mm-hmm. that we care for. You know, there's, not, there's no separation between living beings.
1: They are child-like beings they they may not possess the same level of complex consciousness as we do in the sense of you know cognitive ability but they are many of them are very smart and very intelligent and can problem solve they are individuals with their own personalities and their own idiosyncrasies you know they cry when their children are taken away they scream with pain when we cut the bits off them you know like we would they bleed like we do um they have brains like we do hearts like we do lungs like we do you know veins like we do uh, they share so many of them share huge amounts of the same dna as we are they are directly and this is not like some esoteric thing they are our cousins every single living entity on this planet is directly related to us we are like of the same tree of life and this is you know get quite emotional thinking about it and when i see the suffering and the destruction we're doing humanity is essentially destroying itself through destroying the world and the biosphere around it and this is what drives me again you say what keeps me going is is that is the desire to try to help people understand that by causing this damage and by going out and, and making these choices which are directly destroying the planet we are actually signing the death warrant for the future of our own species which some say might be a good thing but (laughs) you know I'd prefer I'd prefer to see the good side of humanity and our incredible abilities
0: yeah and you do you know I have to say reading through your Articles and listening to your podcast, you keep a very positive attitude on a lot of topics that can be very draining, energetically mm. draining. I know mm-hmm. I sometimes need to take a break from a lot of it because it's so much to process. Oh, yeah. And you're doing this every single day. So, how do you stay in a positive mindset when you're talking about really heavy things?
1: It's very difficult to stay positive, um, and there are days where I really struggle. There are days where I don't want to get out of bed in the morning because I'm emotionally exhausted. Um, a lot of that actually comes from the people, not really so much to do with you know seeing any animal suffering the animal suffering i'm i would not say i'm numb to it but i've accepted it it's happening and i can't really change it uh, with you know within the confines of my reality right now i'm doing my best to change as many people as possible or at least influence them in a positive light it's the it's the kind of criticism and the attacks that you get from people within the vegan movement but also from outside as well the criticisms the the constant Media backlash that constantly tries to suggest that the vegan diet or the vegan lifestyle is damaging, or it's um, a cult, or anything like that. It, it is exhausting because when you exist within this movement, from the on the other side of, gl- of the glass, as, as you might say, it's frustrating because you just want to scream it from the rooftops. You want people to see the and feel the urgency that I feel that we're running out of time. That we have to, we we have more people need to make these changes because if we don't, there is absolutely no Um, future—not at least for the planet, but but for us more than anything else. Um, And it's it is difficult, it's hard, but I, I, you know, one day at a time. (laughs) That's what I'm. That's how I'm existing currently.
0: Yeah. What do you say to people who are you know doing? from a nutritional standpoint who are like keto or paleo, heavy, very meat heavy diets. I I have a hard time with this. And I want to preface this with saying I love and respect everyone that is listening to the podcast. So if you are someone who is a keto person, I know I have a lot of health focused girls who listen, all respect to everyone. Yeah. But I think I I have become have become having a harder time listening to people, you know, praise these very meat heavy diets and ways of life because I do see the ethical connection and I do see how almost selfish it is to say, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to just eat all this meat and not any carbs and do this and that because it makes me feel good and I lose weight and I feel healthy. I struggle with that a lot. <laughs> I I mean, how do you handle those conversations or maybe people in your life who have those belief systems and how do you do that from a place of not being judgmental? Because I think mm. that's something that a lot of us can struggle with, right? Seeing people you know even seeing someone wearing a fur coat you know like it's it's mm. just mind boggling to me sometimes when you get to the other side of it
1: mm. It's a real challenge and there's obviously a few different things there, but the the focus around health and nutrition is a very tricky subject because it's very personal to a lot of people. When we talk about keto diets, um, we have a lot of doctors who we've had many interviews with, top cardiologists who have read the studies, who've done the studies, who say that a meat-based ketogenic diet is dangerous and damaging to the human body you get short-term relief weight loss but weight loss is not a sign of health if you did chemotherapy you'd loo- lose weight is not a sign of health so the, dam- the damage done to your arteries and to your body you know is uh, long lasting whereas it's a quick fix we live in this quick fix society instant music on spotify instant uh, products on amazon instant relationships on um Tinder, you know, everything is instant all the time, instant friendships on Facebook because you can just block people and then suddenly they're out of your life. We have been, we've found ourselves in a world where everything is always about changing things quickly um, without thinking about the future. When I think about the ketogenic diets and when I think about people who just want to consume large quantities of meat, I sort of sit down for a moment, take a breath, and I say, you know, that's fantastic that you obviously made this decision for yourself and that you, you will lose weight in the short term. But animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate greenhouse gases of ocean dead zones of species extinction, of river acidification. There are so many things that you know the eating in this way is doing to our world we have to we have to really think is is it worth it is, is it really worth it and is it necessary? Is it necessary for us to eat in this way? If you really want to do a ketogenic diet, do a vegan ketogenic diet, and there 's lots of um, information coming out recently saying that that's absolutely fine and a lot of people tolerate it really well and have fantastic results so if you want to lose weight and you want to be strong there's plenty of people on a whole food plant-based diet or on a ketogenic whole food plant-based diet who are thriving with lots of muscle lots, lots of strength so all i'm asking is that people do their research and at least maybe even try it and see how they feel
0: I agree. And that's what I tell people. I mean, I've, I've always struggled with my weight my whole life. You know, I was a chubby kid and then grew up and, you know, in my twenties and thirties just constantly went back and forth and yeah. being on a whole food plant-based diet. I hate to even use the word diet, right? Cause it's a lifestyle eating yeah. this way, eating real food, just eating real whole foods. Yeah. The weight has just dropped. It's just yeah. come off. It's been natural and effortless. And I do train four times a week and I have plenty of muscle. I've been gaining muscle and I I think like, you know, I I feel so passionately about sharing this message, especially for the health community. Again, Mm. you need to do what's best for you, but like you said, at least consider it and try it because Mm. I just think there's just such a more compassionate and loving way to treat yourself and the world.
1: There is The thing is, is that a lot of people in this world don't understand the laws of karma, that when you do something, whether you say it, whether you uh, do it with your body or your, your, your life, or you kind of like think it, everything that's happening, all those choices you're making will have consequences, far-reaching consequences, specifically when we buy things, when we use our dollar and we invest in companies, or we invest in products, we are essentially voting with our dollars for a particular type of world. If you're always buying, I've heard you talk a lot about fast fashion. If you're mm-hmm. always buying fast fashion all the time, you're investing in the exploitation of many things people environment animals um, and that's not a good thing to be doing and whether people like to hear it or not it's not a good thing to be doing some people might come back and say i can't afford anything else well you know i would say go to a thrift shop then and buy second hand there's a lot of incredible uh, thrift shops and products so it's all about just making those those adjustments. Um, ultimately, we do live in a very selfish society, in a society that, that rewards selfishness. So we are up against um, what I would say is a bit of a monolith.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with you there. You know, I think the mentality a lot of times, even for food and, and, you know, diet is, well, it's just me. It doesn't make a difference. How Mm. can I make an impact if I just, if I eat this hamburger, it's not going to make a difference.
1: Said 7.4 billion people.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) And I think people give away their power too easily and they don't Mm. realize how they really can affect change if they just start making those small improvements and, and starting small. And I think for people like you and I who have these massive platforms, it's just so important to continue the conversation and mm. not judge. You know, again, that's my always my, my point of view, not to judge, not to shame anyone, not to guilt anyone, but just Absolutely. empower people with education
1: we want people to be healthy happy well and thriving we don't want people to be ha- unhappy or miserable or unhappy with their food choices or their fashion choices we want people to love their life and 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 enjoy being alive and be proud to be who they are not to feel guilty when they go to bed at night guilty about what they what they buy you know whatever that is whether it's food or fashion so i think that ultimately we have to lead with the with the loving compassionate message we want people to to thrive and i think that's that's what we will focus on at plant-based news at least anyway and, and also me personally i try to focus with that from that heart center rather than it being from a place of trying to force someone into something
0: yeah for sure so you've interviewed some pretty big people i know you just recently did an interview with jesse J, which was huge right you did a live interview yeah
1: she was amazing she was amazing
0: yeah talk to us about that i want to hear about some of the cool conversations that you've had with people that you've been able Mm. to discuss veganism with and from every angle
1: yeah so so the podcast was always something i wanted to show the diversity of the movement men women all different races and cultures and i've been working very hard to try and create um, a diverse uh conversation um, and the last conversation was with the British pop star, Jessie J. And she's been vegan for two years now. And she talked a lot about how it's made her kinder, softer. It's given her more energy. Um, she's, had, experienced, she's experienced a lot of fertility problems and pain relating to that. And it's helped a lot with that too. Um, and we just talked a lot about how... You know, people come into it in different ways, whether it's health or they want to cut down the environmental footprint. Um, I've talked to hardcore animal rights activists like Joey Carbstrong, who used to be in gangs. And he used to um, be arrested regularly. And he, he, you know, he wasn't a good person. He he was a very violent and angry person. And he completely transformed his life. Now he travels around the world and spends every hour of the day creating content to try and convince people to switch to a plant-based diet. Um, I, I listened to that one,
0: by the way. That yeah, was a really yeah. good one. Yeah, He's, I sent that to my husband yeah. too. I was like, "You've got to listen to this because it's He's, just proof that anyone can change and evolve and grow." Yes.
1: I've spoken to a butcher fraser bailey who uh was um you know a full-time butcher working in a butchery you know hacking anim- animals up and that was his do- job all day every day um and in a very toxic environment um and now he's a full-time animal rights advocate and a vegan bodybuilder very successful vegan bodybuilder and personal trainer um i've just spoken to so many people who you would never expect for them to have been vegan or to be interested in this. Um, I haven't done James Aspie yet. He's another animal rights activist, but James and I talked a lot about and had conversations about how people can change. He, he was a personal trainer. He hated animals. He was like, animals are disgusting. And he's also now a full-time animal rights activist. He made the change and he became passionate about it. And he now travels around the world as well, talking to people about it and trying to encourage them to make the switch. So it's been, Joy and a privilege to to speak to so so many different interesting people
0: Yeah, I think it's such a great way to find a passion and a purpose, you know So many people feel like well, what is my life's purpose and my mission Mm. and what am I here for? If you could connect yourself to being a voice for those who can't speak up for themselves like animals Or children or anyone who you Mm. know anything in this world that can be improved Mm. I feel like that's a perfect thing to throw yourself into to feel fulfilled by. I mean, I know Mm -hmm. that as soon as I started getting involved with that side of things and talking about it and connecting with people, it's just, you can't have a bad day when you feel like you're helping someone else.
1: Massively. Like part of my, part of the kind of the Buddha um, Shakyamuni's teachings was, was about living life in the service of others. That if you want to find true joy and happiness, it's in supporting and helping others. And in a way, you know, it is about like, not necessarily forgetting your own problems for a while, but, you know, you could say putting your own problems and your your own struggles aside for a second and thinking about how you could help other people if you're a full-bodied and able person uh, helping at a soup kitchen or going on the street and handing out, um, you know, free food or, um, you know, whatever it is that you want to do to help others, whether it's people or animals or doing a beach cleanup or something, feeling like you're giving back to the world and society is definitely going to be, a great way to generate those positive feelings and those positive vibes inside yourself to, you know, set you on that route towards, you know, building a better life.
0: Yeah. The random acts of kindness, the little things Mm. you do every day. I have a Mm. personal trainer who I adore. I've been working with her for six months now. Mm. And we first started working together in January and she's a vegan and she's inspired me on so many levels. And, you know, from a fitness standpoint and nutrition standpoint, and she, said that every morning in the winter she would walk by this homeless man and he was a vegan and he had Mm. a little sign that said, please, you know, if you can contribute and bring me vegan food and all he ever wanted was an avocado and a coffee in the morning and she would Mm. bring him one. Mm. And I thought that was just so nice, you know, because we forget sometimes like I I think it's um, did Will Smith's son just open up like a vegan uh, food truck or something for homeless people. Yeah. Yeah, Like incredible, you know, to be able to, help someone who doesn't have anything, but also help animals and the environment at the same time. And it's just all, it's just this huge movement based on love, really. Mm,
1: it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, veganism was, is centered around compassion. You know, why should we care about what happens to animals? Why do we even feel anything? You know, we feel it because we feel a sense of connection to them when baby animals are being attacked or there's ducks on the motorway, grown men will st- st- Stop their cars, get out, and rescue these tiny animals. Why do people do that? Because human beings are innately compassionate beings from our very young age. babies and young children are are um innately compassionate. you know if you put a baby in a in a pram with an, a a rabbit and an apple, the baby's not going to rip the ra- rabbit's head off and eat the <laughs> the rabbit it's going to yeah. take a bite out of the apple and play with the bunny like. Most humans anyway, I'd say 99% of them. Um, I guess the 1% of the sort of psychopaths, but, you know, <laughs> like, you know, they're there, <laughs> they're there, but you know, human beings are this, are by nature gentle. So.
0: Yeah. I feel like we, I mean, I, I can go on for hours about this topic, but I just feel like we need to do a better job when it comes to raising children, because I think it's so Absolutely. crazy that we read, babies books with farm animals. And and then we go put them on the plate for dinner at night. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, and I was raised that way. You were raised, everyone listening was mm-hmm. most likely raised that way. Yeah, My best friend is a teacher and she's not vegan, although she's been kind of leaning much more towards it now and making vegan meals for her family. And she's a teacher and at, you know, Easter time, they got these little chicks that they were taking care of in the classroom. And she was sending me all these pictures and she was so obsessed with these little chicks. And I sort of like gently told her, like, do you know what happens to male chicks? You know, do you know what goes on in the, in the industry, in the animal agriculture industry? Like you're so in love with these little animals, but then you're eating them and supporting them being killed if they can't produce for us. Like, it's just so wild how the society is and how much we don't know and how much we just don't ever question you know
1: Mm, absolutely yeah it's incredible yeah it's we live in a very bipolar society where there's cognitive dissonance where people say i love animals but then they kill them you know people will rescue some ducklings on a motorway on a on a highway or and then go home and tuck into a duck salad (laughs) right um I think it's just the way humans are. We are very become very blind to the things that are right in front of us, and it goes for many things. Let's take like domestic violence and um, the physical and sexual abuse of women. One in three women will experience some kind of physical or sexual abuse in their lives. Why is it so common? Because it's there, pervading our society in plain sight. It's absolutely everywhere, and it's almost you know carnism is what we call it. The opposite of veganism is is is. Uh, it's everywhere. It's kind of, you can't, you know what I mean? Because it's so close to us, people can't see it.
0: Right. It's glamorized. You know, mm-hmm. you go into restaurants and there's fancy meals and you know, I, my brother is very into fine dining and when a, he's a huge meat eater, which is so interesting. Cause I'm so mm-hmm. <laughs> not, and I really never was, but we go to these restaurants where it's like, you know, five, six, seven hundred $700 a person for oh. his birthday. And it's like, they're serving you just like, plate after plate of meat and it's just Mm. wild to me how it's Mm -hmm. just this glamorized thing. But again, you know, it's gonna take time and I just I try to every single time I'm in a place like that, like I'm proudly tell them, Nope, I'm plant based, just please bring me vegetables. (laughs) I don't care if you have to charge me the same amount of money. But, you know, hopefully we'll get there.
1: I think I think the main thing is that um the kind of consumption of animals is is really focused around like class. You know, eating animals was yes. was uh, and is associated with upward mobility, and having money and uh, in opulence. Um, there be many societies pre this one where you know meat eating wasn't at the levels it is now. And so when you are eating lots of meat and eating lots of animal products, it's a sign of power. You know, it's a sign of power power and, and strength and this is why we have a real struggle encouraging men to make the changes some 86 percent of the vegan movement are women um the movement is being driven by millennial women women be- between the ages of 25 and 35 um because you know these are the women who are and I, you know and our our generation is well you're, you're roughly the same age as me aren't you yeah
0: i'm 39
1: Yeah, right. So we're Xennials. We're on the kind of cusp, aren't we? And, you know, you know, generation of people who are kind of, do you know, do you remember Captain Planet? Yes, of course. Yeah, so we know we're the kind of Captain Planet generation, where we're like young '80s kids who, you know, who were young at the in the '80s in the sense of like there was this the movement began this like this movement for change for the environment for for animal rights because it really really started to take off um, in the '80s and where it all began, really, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what's one piece of advice you would give anyone listening right now that's thinking about? Going vegan, thinking about making changes. Where should somebody begin?
1: I think the best way to start is to start removing things like um, I would probably remove dairy first because you'll notice the 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 difference straight away. You'll be able to breathe better. You'll have more energy. um, You'll feel less fatigue. You'll have less slumps in the afternoon for around four o'clock. You know, dairy is incredibly high in saturated fat, so if you remove milk uh, and cheese from your diet first. And then, you know, red meat and then chicken and then eggs. I think if you do it in that step-by-step process, it's not as scary and it's not as um, kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. The next thing to do is get yourself um, some vegan cookbooks because five and a half, six years ago, there was nothing. There were some really, really bad vegan cookbooks with, a lot of mung beans and lentils (laughs) now there's so there's so many cookbooks now where where there are so many fantastic products um that you can that can support your cooking whether it's like vegan milks or vegan cheeses to really kind of you know add to what you're creating to add that flavor. Um, and then also just educate yourself. There's so much content, you know, on plant-based news or One Green Planet or Forks Over Knives um, where you can get access to, again, recipes and nutritional information um, and also just information that will help you stay vegan as well with regards the animal side of things so take it slow um don't rush and if you make a mistake don't beat yourself up um if you have the desire to be vegan and stay vegan just uh keep going one day at a time and it and you will create that change it's just it just takes that kind of you know wherewithal to to keep at it
0: yeah it took me six years you know on and off back and forth for six years so you definitely have to give yourself the space and the grace to do it on your own terms, but just, you know, if it keeps coming up for you, I think that's something to pay attention to. And that's what a lot of, you know, women have told me, like, I keep feeling like I want to do this. It just keeps mm-hmm. coming up. I keep mm-hmm. feeling this gut feeling. And that's exactly how I felt. You know, it was like just this this thing in me. So pay yeah. attention to your intuition because it never lies to you.
1: We all love animals. Again, with the the psychopaths aside, um, (laughs) 99% of human beings love animals. So I would say, you know, by birth, 99% of humanity is vegan. When we're born, we are vegan. We don't eat animal products. We have our mother's milk, which is, you know, uh, evolved for us, for our species. Um, And then we go on to be given the breast milk of somebody else's, uh, you know, mother. (laughs) Um, Our society is, is just a bit um misdirected i think when it comes to food nutrition and and i think things will change um because i think there's so much science and there's so many studies that are out that really show that human beings can and do thrive on a whole food plant-based diet um so i just want to emphasize you know being vegan is is just excluding animal products from your diet you know not buying leather or not eating honey and things like that but if you really want to thrive you want to be a healthy human a whole food plant-based diet which is obviously a vegan diet, but it's a lot healthier. You're definitely going to get the results you're looking
0: for. 100%. I could not agree more. And that's why it clicked for me this time around just being focused on whole foods and, you know, eating really abundant meals with Mm. whole grains and vegetables and beans and tofu and really like just like eating things that were going to give me energy, you know, not Mm. just eating the vegan junk food or the veggie burgers and fries and all the good stuff. That's fine. But, you know, making sure that it's well-rounded Nutritious. Exactly.
1: And there's nothing wrong with a bit of junk food occasionally, you know, your body can probably tolerate the odd chocolate bar or, you know, some ice cream every so often, but just yeah. don't make it a daily, daily thing exactly. <laughs> because as delicious as it is, you know, uh, as we, as we age and as our bodies, um, you know, get older, our circulation, circulation and, and our hearts do are, and do are affected by these highly processed foods, the fats, the salts, the sugars, and these are, You know they they exist in plant based foods as well.
0: Totally, totally. So what's next for you, Robbie? You and the work you're doing in plant based news. What's where are you headed with everything?
1: My target, my long term target is 100 million users a month, (laughs) (laughs) to our website. I have no idea how we're going to get there, Um, but you know I'd like to see a world where there's at least 100 million vegans out there. Um, If it's going to take me 20 years, I'm I'm ready to do it. I just want to be able to make this lifestyle as accessible and as easy to as many people as possible so people don't feel threatened by it. To be able to take on the media, this is why we created Plant-Based News as an alternative message, as a kind of counter-narrative to the mainstream media, which is peddling what I believe is a phony narrative that you know humans must have meat, milk, and eggs to survive, that you know, feeding your children a plant-based diet is, is child abuse. I want to fight against those kinds of messages. Um, and also to educate. Um, we're going to be building video courses and trying to create as much free content as possible for people to be able to actually learn so that they feel empowered to make uh, kind of healthier, more environmentally friendly choices.
0: I love it. I'm here for all of it. I'm so excited for you. And I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. You're just a wealth of knowledge and inspiration. So thank you for sharing everything with everyone.
1: My absolute pleasure. It's been a joy to speak to you.
0: Where can everyone find you?
1: You can check us out on all the social media handles at forward slash Plant Based news on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, Pinterest, you name it, we're out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we have our website as well, uh, plantbasednews.org, uh, which has got daily news on all the latest trends in vegan food, fashion, technology, the environment, and everything else. Oh, and of course, uh, our YouTube channel as well, which has got lots of interviews, documentaries, um, and all kinds of fun stuff as well.
0: Awesome. All right, Robbie. thank you so much again. I'll talk to you soon.
1: My pleasure. Speak to you soon. Take care. Okay,
0: bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together and I truly appreciate your listenership. If you loved this episode, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, you can visit thechampagnediet.com. I'm also on Instagram at the champagne diet, and you can find all my books on Amazon just by searching my name till next time. Cheers.